trivia, discussions, opinions, and the chance to have your say. Welcome to the Topical Resort. Indeed, indeed, welcome back to the Topical Resort. As always, I'm your host, Viper, and as always, I'm hitting things as I try to move. What else is new? And ow, my ears. Anyway, so, um, what you just heard there was absolutely nothing. I don't know why I'm starting off with that, but... Um, basically what happened was, this was meant to be an off-topic episode, uh, but if you didn't read the blog post, why not, by the way, um, you would know that I scrapped this month's off-topic episode, as I believe the E3 episode was already off-topic enough, and outside of that, there wasn't really much other news, so I gave you guys uh, two options, because there are two things that I would have liked to make sure about this week. Either Sega PS2 games to celebrate the release of Crash Insane Trilogy Collection, three games in one, whatever you want to call it, or uh, Jet Set Radio to commemorate the 17th anniversary of the game in Japan. I gave you two options, and you guys really wanted Sega games on the PS2, um, which um, I'm not happy about because, you know, it's my enemy, Natural, Natural Swan and all that, but... So unfortunately you guys voted it, for, so it's time to cover in detail, because I have covered it before, but it's time to cover in detail my enemy at large, he killed my loved one, and most importantly, stole my bike. It's the PS2. First of all, I, I noticed Crazy Taxi was on the list, so we just have to start off with a Crazy Taxi song. So, from Crazy Taxi, this is Way Down the Line, right here, on Radio Sega.
Resort, only on Radio Sega. And welcome properly to the Topical Resort. Yeah, this has been the first time I've heard this track in about two weeks, and I've had it stuck in my head, so um, it's nice to finally be able to play it. So who am I? That's a good question. As always, I'm your host, Green Vibrate, and today we'll be going for a little bit of a tour of the PS2, my most hated console. I'm joking, I relatively like the PS2. In fact, my uh, boxed copy of Sega Superstars always sits in the corner of my desk where I host the show from, so um, hello to my box. Box copy of Superstars. Uh, in fact, I have two copies of that game because I spent £4 on both of them collectively. So I should probably do something about that at some point, but anyway. 
Um, welcome, I guess. So, I, first of all, before we begin, I guess I'd like to know your history of the PS2. So, if you have any history with the PS2, you know, uh, you, you bought one and burnt it because you're a good Sega fan, or perhaps, you know, you're an awful Sega fan and you love it, uh, be sure to get in your opinions and stuff. And uh, as for my history, never owned one, knew people who owned them, didn't really have much interest, bought one, didn't really have much interest. <laughs> Like, there are some fun games on them, but I just... Oh, oh, sorry, on the PS2, but I just find that all of the fun games have been ported to other consoles. That is one of Sony's guiltiest habits. Like, all of the good games have HD collections or, you know, ports on PS3 or PS4. So I just never find myself coming back to my PS2. Because even, like, the good games it had were on other platforms. Like, you know, obviously, the case in point, Sonic Heroes, because that was awful on PS2, but there was a good version on GameCube, so... There's either better versions on other 6th gen platforms or the good games got HD remakes, so I just don't find myself coming back to it too much. My personal opinion, but I'd like to know your personal opinion and why it's your favourite console of all time for some reason. So if it is, um, let me know, I guess. That, that'd be good, yeah. I think. I mean, I, I'd appreciate it, but. I mean. And also, I guess be sure to let me know if you're looking forward to Crash and saying Trilogy Collection 3 in 1. Three games, yeah, you got to emphasise the three. But, um, pretty much, I'm looking very forward to it. I'm not a massive fan of Crash 1 and 3, but Crash 2 absolutely love that game. But, um, who knows? Twitter, stop exploding for me, thank you. So I can actually concentrate, that'd be nice. But, I don't actually own the game currently, which makes it a bit weird that I'm doing a show which celebrates the release of it, because, um, I'm broke. <laughs> so, not going to be buying a game for a while, but I will be sticking to my trusty old PS2, quite ironically, to play the game. Or to play the games, should I say, while I wait. Wait very patiently. But, I think we're just going to probably get on and play some more music. So, um, from Fighting Vipers, not a particularly important game, it totally wasn't where I got the name from or anything. From Fighting Vipers, and it says the Saturn version in the metadata, because I couldn't be offered to change it. This is Bayside Blues. Right here on Topical Resort.
Up next, Request Resort. Send your request relating to the topic of the episode in a tweet to at Radio Sega or the Green Viper 8. Or send it in a Discord DM to Green Viper 8 through our Discord server at radiose.ga forward slash Discord. Hasty History. And welcome back to the Topical Resort. What you just heard there was from Outrun 2006. That was Splashwave, and before that from Fighting Vipers, the Saturn version, that was Bayside Blues. And as we were just lovely told there, it is time for Hasty History. And what is this segment? Very simple. We go through the history of a game or a console or something relating to the topic of the episode as fast as we can. And obviously, since we're doing an episode about the PS2, the only thing you can do it about is the PS2. So, the PS2 was first released on March 4th, 2000 in Japan. Um, with all other regions seeing a release within 2000, as far as I believe. Um, to date, 3,847 titles have been released for the console. It is the best-selling game console of all time, and the last PS2 game was PES 14, which was released 14 years after the console's launch. Quite a considerable amount longer than most consoles, I think you'd agree, considering most only the last 10 years or some don't even last five years and 14 years is absolutely incredible and obviously outsold so many consoles I think it's one it's quite easy to pirate for which helps in um, third world countries not third world like second world more so and uh, two I think a big factor is it has a lot of games it was relatively cheap it had a DVD player that's the only reason it sold because it had a DVD player yeah as an ignorant Dreamcast fan, I will keep telling myself that. But, uh, I can't deny that it did well, but at the same time, um, I'm sort of disappointed that it's the best-selling video game console, because I know people grow up with the PS2, I know people love the PS2, but I can't think of a console more bland in design than the PS2. Let me explain this a bit. So... The PS2, its design doesn't stand out. Like obviously, when you see it, you go, oh, it's the PS2. But if you showed your average consumer who knows nothing about video games the PS2, they'd go like, what's that thing? Uh, is it an Xbox? It doesn't stand out. You, you show a consumer a Dreamcast, and it stands out compared to the rest. And they just, they don't obviously know it's a Dreamcast because they don't know anything about it, but... To the average eye who doesn't play video games, they obviously can see that it's a different console, but the PS2 just sort of fits in. It's very sort of... The best way to describe it is, ironically, like a DVD player. It sort of has that aesthetic to it, and the console itself doesn't have much life. Like, it's, um... The menus and stuff, like, one of the most important aspects of a console, I think some people would say. They're quite bland and generic, personally. Like, you know, the PS2 startup is, like, reasonably iconic just because, you know, it's the best-selling console of all time, but, like, nothing even close to the PS1 or something like the GameCube or Dreamcast intros. It's a good console, I just don't think it's the best as some people praise it as being just because it's sold well. Uh, That's my personal opinion, and obviously we'll be getting to personal opinions shortly, but... That's obviously not the aim of this talk bed, but I mean, I've got to fill some time because I didn't expect that segment to go through so quickly. Um, 
uh, let me look up some more PS2 facts. Yay. PS2 facts. This is a very well thought out and prepared episode. Uh, well, this is a very good fun fact because it said the last two the last two games were released in 2013, and uh, that's a lie because they. No, actually, no, that that is true because um, Pez games, Pez and FIFA always release one year early. Yeah. Sorry, I apologise. I seem to have got that fact wrong. Still, 13 years is still impressive, no matter what. <laughs> but um, the towers actually had a purpose. So, if speaking of the not so iconic opening intro, you know that there's towers, and uh, these towers seem to be seemingly random. Well, they're not. Um, they're actually to do with the number of blocks on the memory card and what they're filled with and how much space each save takes up. So not random. It's still not a good intro, but it's not random. That's nice to hear. Um. The shape of the PS2 wasn't Sony's brainchild. Good, because if Sony came up with something like that, I think I'd shoot him. But uh, the console itself was based on the Atari Falcon Microbox, Microbox 30 slash 40, which was the final computer released by Atari and quickly became a massive flop. But it is the exact same case if you look at a picture of it, like only slightly modified. And if I remember correctly, uh, it did actually have in the design documents. It did actually reference the Atari Falcon Microbox. Um, and aside from that, it could run Linux. Uh, not a big deal, unless you're a nerd. I mean, uh, sorry, Tasos. I mean, what? But <laughs> the PS2 can run Linux. That settled down because the Dreamcast can run Microsoft CE. Yeah, actually, okay, the the PS2 does take that one over the Dreamcast, because who uses Microsoft CE for anything? Um, let's see what the chat has had to say during this very riveting talk bed. Um, Mikhail says, by the way, might be playing a certain arcade to get game today. I guess you're going to be playing... I can't find the sound effect. Oh, well, I'm just going to do it by myself. Daytona! Yeah, right, anyway, that's enough. Um... Jamie says, send your request to at the real faker, aka PTKS, aka Essex Boy, aka Green Viper 8, aka Daniel. Please send your request, or sorry, your hate mail, to uh, Mr. Rexy Wonderfan, aka Mr. Wonderman, aka Jamie64326, aka PTKS, aka Green Viper 8, aka Jamie. He has a lot of names. But anyway, um. That does bring me on to a good point. Uh, now is time for the request resort segment, and this is where you can request some music relating to the topic of the episode. And if you want to see the full list of games you can request from, that is on our website and also on our Twitter feed, thanks to Mr. Social. And there's quite a lot of games to choose from, and for some reason Sega Retro doesn't have a list of all of the um of all the games that Sega released on PS2. Like, they have a list of all like the handheld games. Like, I used their list for the DS and PSP retrospectives, but they didn't have one for PS2, so I had to manually make it by hand, and it took like an hour. But uh, it, it wasn't worth it, but oh well. Uh, Jamie says, PS2 might have a bland design, but the fact that the PS2 could be more than a console and really stood out way for consoles being more than a gaming machine is something. It helped with its sales, but what also helped with its library, including games from the ex-hardware developer Sega. That's very true, Sega did have some very good games on it, and it was more than a gaming machine, but I still don't think it was really there yet in that aspect. Like, I played DVDs, it could do Linux, that was really about it. I think the first 
console to really push this in that direction was the PS3. No, she would have been the 360, but the free. No, I still said a PS3. Because the 360, that wasn't its focus when it first launched, but that was the uh, focus of the PS3 when it first launched. Launched? Launched. Ah, can't speak. Yeah, it's honestly my main beef with the PS2, it's just. I don't think it's as good as everyone praises it to be. Like, I get people have childhood memories and stuff, but, like. I don't know, it just doesn't stand out as a console, and that's my one thing for a console. I want my consoles to feel unique, not like a PC in a fancy box. And the PS2 doesn't feel like a PC, but it doesn't have anything that makes it like stand out amongst the crowd, aside from it's the best-selling console. And we got another request, so I will stick that in. Um, ah, okay, these are two good requests, actually. I will stick these on. Uh, I should have this trap. Yeah, okay, I do. Um, and this one it should already be downloaded if I could spell, of course. Yes, there's a joke to be made out of that, Jamie. Um, do I have that specific version though? Let me check. Um, do that. That's what I need to do. Um, yeah, um, I have no clue, which is why I should probably go on YouTube. And I can't hear the uh, talk bed right now, so um, I'm just going to have to talk and hope that it's working. Um, okay, it is this version. That's good. So let me put that there, and let me finally turn this back. There we go. So, we're going to start off our request resort segment with a request by Jamie, Mr. Wonderman. So, um, from Sand of the Summit Stadium 2015, Tropical Paradise. Uh, Jamie says talk is working, thank you. So, from uh, Sand of the Summit Stadium 2015, Tropical Paradise, this is Memories by Urban Flow, which is a remix of the uh, history the history menu from Sonic Mega Collection Plus on the PS2. So, I guess, go ahead and listen to this. You're listening to Radio Sega, playing the best Sega remixes. Or music. Or whatever. Playing the best silence. Static noise. 24-7. Request Resorts.
and welcome back to the relaxing resort. What you just heard there was from Shadow the Hedgehog. That was Never Turn Back. And before that we had a bit of Mood Whiplash with Crazy Taxi. That was Inner Logic, as requested by Twinny. Oh sorry, uh, Shadow the Hedgehog uh, Never Turn Back was requested by Sarah Rose 96 And first of all, from Sound of the Sonic Stadium 2015 Tropical Paradise, that was Memories Urban Flow. And now we're going back to our normal voice, we don't need any of that relaxed voice. And as Jamie said, it's time for Quartet Zone, exactly. And I'm currently just waiting on a PM, um, because I'm currently waiting on a request. So, in the meantime, why don't we get started with our usual uh, ramble segment. Oh wait, every every section of this show is about rambling. So, um, what we basically do in this segment is we go through all of the games that Sega released. Oh sorry, all the games that fit into the topic of this episode. So in this case, it's all the games that Sega released on the PS2. And I give my opinion on them, whether you should play them, whether I have played them in the first place, whether I'd like to play them, all that good stuff. And I'd like to hear your opinion, as always, because uh, it's not only me. You know, I can't be the only one who's loudmouth and has way too many opinions. I need you guys to, you know, um, back me up on this one as well. So why don't we just start off with... 18-wheeler pro-American trucker. Uh, no experience with it, it just can't be anywhere near as good as big rigs over the road racing. So uh, no interest there, you just can't top a trucking game like that. And then Altered Beast, uh, the PS2 version of this game from what I remember was awful. <laughs> so I haven't touched it, I believe it was Europe and Japan exclusive, so I should, probably should pick it up, but... Um, I don't want to. <laughs> Crazy Taxi, I haven't played the PS2 version, but I played the Dreamcast, GameCube, mobile versions, and I own quite a lot of versions of this game because it's on everything. Uh, very fun game, very fun time waster, particularly if you are on the mobile version, which I actually think is the best version uh, before it was covered in adverts, you know. because I always thought it was the best version because um, they simplified the controls quite a bit, so it was a lot easier to do stuff like the uh, Crazy Dash and the Crazy Jump, I think it was called. I don't know, I was never too big on Crazy Taxi. Um, well, no, as in, like, I was never too big on it to where I got, um... I, I got, like, you know, perfect scores and all that stuff. Um, I can slot that one in. Sorry, I just got PM again. Um... This is a good song, actually. I will play this one next talk bit. We'll slot that in there. Okay, so, um, after that, we've got Cyber Troopers Virtual On, Onta Oratorio Tangram. Uh, never played it, although I do hear good things about the Virtual On games, and I keep meaning to pick one up, but I'm lazy. Dragon Force, um, I believe this is originally a Saturn game, and it was re-released for the PS2, and um, I find it funny because its name is Dragon Force, but there we go. Echo Defender of the Future, another Dreamcast game, um, but I actually did play this one. I relatively enjoyed it, although, you know, it's not a game that I would choose to play, but I played it because... why not? Um, F355 Challenge, I really did enjoy this one back when I played it on the Dreamcast, I haven't played the PS2 version. Because honestly, if there's a Dreamcast version, I'm just more likely to play it because I'm just going to prefer it on the Dreamcast most of the time. That's just me. Fighting Vipers. Um, I haven't played the PS2 version, but I played the original Saturn version. Be more specific, I bought the Japanese version because I'm not messing around with the English version. And uh, 
Pepsi Man playable character. What a glorious victory, indeed. Um, Headhunter Redemption. Uh, haven't played it. Played the original Headhunter. Thought it was okay. It was pretty. It was pretty by the books in terms of survival horror games or this genre it was going for, I guess. And of course, we get to obligatory mention of the week for Nights into Dreams, um, my other favourite game of all time. Yeah, I have two. <laughs> I have actually played the PS2 version of this. Uh, it was Japan only. I don't know why, because I would have loved to play this, but um, very fun game. The PS2 version is a weird hybrid because it's halfway between the Saturn version and it's halfway between the HD version. In that it has the graphics of the HD version, but it has like some of the old menus left over from the Saturn version that aren't in the HD version. Very weird. And it was also the first version of the game that dropped all the extra modes in Christmas Nights. So, if you play Christmas Nights in this game, you can only play um, Spring Valley at Christmas. You can't play any of the cool bonus features like, you know, the the um, score attack mode, uh, the link attack mode, that's it, the link attack, the link attack, I can't remember any of the others. The Sonic Into Dreams, obviously, you can't play that. So, uh, screw this version for removing those things, but it's pretty cool if you can pick up a copy. Uh, Outrun 2, um, not too much experience with Outrun 2, personally, I hear it's good. Outrun 2006 Coast to Coast, I played this one on the original Xbox just because I could load it onto the hard drive because I wanted to test it, or to test that the hard drive was working when I modded it, and um, game runs smoothly and it was very fun. Um, I'd recommend it, I don't know if I'd recommend it as much as the original Outruns, but I think it's still a very fun game. Uh, Peter Kickass says, the crazy drift is much easier on mobile, just double tap the arrows. Exactly. And I believe you double tap um, accelerate to do the um, crazy dash. Which is a lot easier, because it's just more simplified, which I think Crazy Taxi is already a fairly simple game, so making it even simpler is a good thing in terms of controls. Uh, Panzer Dragoon Auto, don't have any experience. I think I actually own... Let me look. <laughs> I say think, because I never know with these games. Um... Yeah, I do. I, I just haven't played it. <laughs> um, my original Xbox's disk drive doesn't work, so I have to rip all of my game, or even, I have to download all my games off the internet, even if I own them, and then um, upload them to the hard drive so I can play them that way, which reduces load times and stuff, which is really nice, but at the same time, I can't play on the original disk unless I play it through my 360. But, um, yeah, and I just haven't got around to doing that for Panzer Dragoon Auto yet. So, at some point, at some point. Fancy Star Generation 2, no experience. This game is a common reoccurring, because this has been on so many episodes now. Pure Pop Fever, it's just on everything. <laughs> Pure Pop Fever, um, I've talked about it so many times, quite a fun game. Not one of my favourite Puyo games, but it's certainly not awful. Same with Puyo, Puyo Fever 2. Um, they're like, in terms of price, they're very cheap. And they're also on quite a lot of platforms, so I'd recommend those two if you're on a budget, but I'd recommend something like Puyo Puyo Tetris if you actually want to enjoy the game. Uh, Puyo Puyo 15th Anniversary, I really enjoyed when I played it on the DS, no clue what it's like on the PS2. Res, one of my favourite games that I can't beat because I suck. Um, a really fun game, I probably the most, out of all my favourite games, I think this is the most underrated of them all. In fact, I think this is one of the most underrated Sega games of all time. Uh, Jamie says Puyo Puyo Fever was also on Dreamcast. That it was. Yes. 
But we haven't done an episode about Dreamcast yet. Yet, yet being the keyword, because that will be coming at some point. Uh, Seaman, another game that was also on Dreamcast. I don't believe they uh, ported over Christmas Seaman, which is a shame, because that's a uh, fun little fact that you can throw at people. Yeah, there's a Christmas game that Sega made that isn't Christmas Night, so no, right, fun fact. But, uh, Seaman, it's an okay game. I don't really like... I don't own the microphone, but from what I've seen, it just doesn't look worthy of buying the microphone, so I haven't touched it. Sega Mega Drive Collection, also known as Sega Genesis Collection. Um, as a collection goes, it's competent. You know, it works, I guess. But, you know, I'd recommend playing the games on real hardware. As for the games in the collection, all of them are good. They're all classic Mega Drive games, and they didn't pick any duff ones. They're all quite good. Sega Rally Championship and, and Sega Rally 2006. Don't have experience with either of them, although um, I hear the Sega Rally games are good, but I don't know about the recent entries. Sega Soccer Slam, same experience. Sega Superstars, the PS2 game. Um, this is an interesting one. It The iToy, strangely enough, is a lot more... Um, it works a lot better than the Kinect, and it was made about 10 years earlier. But um, it doesn't work particularly well, but it still works better than the Kinect. But um, a lot of the time, or in fact, all of the games are motion controlled. And um, obviously with motion controls, you want accuracy for it to actually be fun. Uh, these games aren't awfully accurate, so you might not be having the best time. Uh, Sega Superstars Tennis. Interestingly, this is one of the only PS2 games, as far as I know, that actually uh, can display in progressive scan if you have component cables. Interesting. Nice. No, not okay. Um, Jamie says, "Do we need a Dreamcast special?" You did an episode trial show about the Lamecraft. Yeah, yeah, very funny. But um, it's one episode. Come on, and I want to do. I want to eventually get around to doing all the Sega consoles. And why not? I think it'd be a little cool tribute send-off thing to um, do. I guess. Um, hang on, eighteen. Sorry, I'm being a bit thrown off here. Um, 18 Wheeler American Pro Trucker was on the Dreamcast. Let me check this out. It was. I didn't know this. I will obtain a legal copy of that later, and by that I mean I will actually just download it off the internet. Um, it's like Superstars Tennis. I found this a very fun game. I haven't played the PS2 version, although I imagine it's inferior because a 2008 PS2 game doesn't sound fun. Shout out the Hedgehog. Uh, cinematic frame rate. It runs at 24 frames per second. So, um, yeah, if you enjoy movies, Shadow the Hedgehog is for you. If you don't enjoy movies, get a good version of the game, like the GameCube version. Uh, Shining Force Neo, no experience. Shining Wind, no experience. Shinobi PS2, I heard meh things about, but I haven't played it. Sonic Gems Collection. This was only released on the PS2 in Europe, I believe, unless it was also released there in Japan, but I don't remember it being. Um, Sonic Gems Collection is a really fun game. Oh, it has some really fun games on it. This was my first experience with Sonic CD, first experience with Sonic Fighters, first experience with Sonic R. I still come back to this game to play Sonic R to this day, even though I own the Saturn version, because, in fact, I own the PC version as well, but um, this version, the GameCube version is the best version, I'd say, because it just controls the best out of all the versions that exist. The PS2 version doesn't control very well, so I wouldn't recommend that one personally. But um, yeah, Sonic Gems Collection is a really good collection, it introduced me to a lot of cool Sonic games, so I have to thank it for that. Sonic Heroes, once again, even more cinematic frame rate, because this runs at like 15 frames per second and has tons of downgraded textures, 
And this is just in general a really buggy experience. I'd recommend the GameCube version if you want to truly experience this game. Sonic Mega Collection Plus, once again, a pretty good pretty good um, collection. The games on it are good, good selection. Uh, it has great original music, and so does Sonic Gems Collection, actually. I'd recommend you just listen to the soundtrack if you've already played all the games on it. Sonic Riders, um, I really enjoy the first one. I find the um, hoverboard mechanics really fun once you actually master them. As Sonic Riders is not a game you'll enjoy on your first playthrough, but um, once you get used to the controls, it's really fun. And especially if you can like download a complete save and you don't have to go through the story mode and you can just play free play, it's quite fun. Um, as for Sonic Riders Zero Gravity, I'm not a huge fan of this one. Uh, it's not a bad game. I just simply prefer the first Sonic Riders because I think the Zero Gravity mechanics get a bit in the way. Um, or, as you could call it, because the better name is Shooting Star Story, which was a Japanese name for it. And um, I don't know why this was released on PS2. Because it just doesn't make any sense to me why it was released on PS2, but it was scrapped for the Xbox 360. Uh, why release it on last gen hardware? Mm, whatever. Speaking of releasing games on last gen hardware, Sonic Unleashed. Um, the PS2 version is basically a port of the Wii version, which is a um, which is a completely different version to the 360 and PS3 versions. I'd recommend you check those ones out, but the Wii version is very good. But I wouldn't recommend the PS2 version because it's just a downgrade of a technical downgrade. Uh, Space Channel 5 and Space Channel 5 Part 2, very fun games, played the Dreamcast versions, haven't played the PS2 versions, um, check them out, they're on Steam and stuff, so um, if you don't want, if you don't own a PS2 and you don't own a Dreamcast and want to play them, get them on there. In fact, I think only Part 2's on um, Steam actually, so uh, get that on there. Super Monkey Ball Adventure, absolutely dreadful game, um, really bad, Monkey Ball and platformers don't work, but um, Super Monkey Ball Deluxe, on the other hand, is a very good game. Um, I would highly recommend it, except I wouldn't actually, because I wouldn't recommend it for the PS2. Because the PS2 version is awful, it has frame rate dips and just tons of issues. Get the Xbox version, the Xbox version runs perfectly. Uh, Thunder Force, um, is that 6 or is that 4? I think that's 6. Haven't played it. Trig Heart Exilia, haven't played it. Virtual Cop Elite Edition is a collection of Virtual Cop 1 and 2, which I have played briefly because I don't own a light gun. Fun games, I imagine they'd probably be fun on the PS2. Virtua Fighter 4 Evolution, haven't played. Virtua Tennis 2, haven't played. And Yakuza 2, I played some Yakuza games, very fun. I imagine Yakuza 2 would be much the same. Maybe one day they'll make an HD remake of this one. Then we'll finally be able to play every Yakuza game in HD. Uh, Jamie Mr. Wonderman says, I only do a Dreamcast special if you air the chill out. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, Jamie says, Sonic James Collection was out on PS2 in both Japan and Europe. Yeah, I couldn't remember if it was in Japan or not. Uh, Jamie said, I got it on GameCube, thank God. I have both versions, but uh, I got the PS2 version because I got it for a pound. Fun fact, I've never played more, I've never paid more than five pounds for a PS2 game. So, uh, that's a good thing. Uh, PT is booing me because Zero Gravity was a lot better. Well, you're factually wrong. Yeah, there is no fuel gauge in Zero Gravity. I'm aware of that. But, um... Just because something has extra stuff and removes annoying gimmicks doesn't automatically make it better because the Zero Gravity mechanic, I just think it interferes a bit too much with the gameplay, personally. And Jamie says, Also, Sonic Mega Collection Plus gave us six additional Game Gear games and four Mega Drive games that were included in the Japanese version of Mega Collection. Yeah, because we, the, um, Sonic Mega Collection missed out quite a few games, because weren't they, they were censoring it, 
uh, can't speak. Um, they were censoring the um, European and American releases because they didn't want it to get a higher age rating, so they removed a lot of the stuff. And that also happened with Sonic Gems Collection, which means the Japanese versions have a lot more games to them. And um, I'm, I'm about to leave, but uh, PT is trying to interrupt me. So J PT says, well, it helps a lot in tight corners and in super long parts of the stage. Hold R1, boom, super speed. Yeah, but I still don't think that's good stage design. The original riders didn't have those like long corridors and stuff, which I don't. Which is another reason why I prefer the original riders, because it's just about pure speed rather than pressing a button to instantly gain boost and turn corners and stuff. Anyway, you guys are distracting me, I need to get on. So, um, we are going to play some more music. So, speaking of Sonic Riders, um, why don't we play the theme of Sega Carnival, which actually used to be the theme of my live streams for quite a long time. I really like this track, and um, after that we have a request from Eclipse. So, you're listening to theme of Sega Carnival on Topical Resort, the worst show on Radio Sega.
Record, only on Radio Sega. Ready? Welcome back to the Topical Resource. So what you just heard there was from Super Monkey Ball 2, or Super Monkey Ball Deluxe, since it's a collection. That was World 3, Under the Sea. Or is it Under the Sea? I don't know. Come on, Radio DJ. Not today, not today. Okay, you're just not going to work with me as usual. You are a lovely person. Under the Ocean. I wish it was Under the Sea, because that would have been a better title, because I could have made a pun. But no, you have to be that guy. But um, before that, from Shadow the Hedgehog, that was Lost Impact. That was a request by Eclipse, who is currently not in the Discord, but sent me a PM through the Radio Sega website, which I completely forgot you could do, if I'm honest, because I haven't used it. So um, if you want to send requests in through there, I mean, guess go ahead. But before that, from Sonic Riders, that was the theme of Sega Carnival, and I actually forgot I said that was the theme of my live streams. And also forgot it's the it's the theme of the off-topic episodes, you you idiot. <laughs> 
or a remix of it is the one of the talk beds of an off-topic episode. But still, you know, it's the thought that counts, okay? But now it's time for our topical thesis, and I'm out of breath. Oh dear, that is slightly worrying because I've had a bit of a sore throat um, while talking during this show. So, topical thesis today is um, is quite a controversial one again. Uh, in fact, it's not very controversial, but um, it will annoy some people because all of my topical theses annoy some people because that's just the way people act. So, our topical thesis today. Should Sega have gone third party given a choice? If they weren't forced to bail out the console industry, should they have gone third party or should they have stuck to their guns? That is the question I'm asking you today. So as always, we've got our three points for and three points against, and we come to a justified conclusion based on the points we've made, and then obviously I want to hear your say on the matter. So why don't we go for those three points for? If third party means that Sega have a broader market to sell their games to, not just one console, you've got multiple consoles to sell your games to, and you know, tons of different people. All those eyes looking at your game. I know, right? Quite, quite spooky. Yeah. Indeed, but um, obviously, if you're selling your games to more people, you can make more games, you can make more money, more dollar. Who doesn't want more dollar? I mean, we all do. But so, uh, it would mean they were less final and uh, rather ironically, it would be less financially straining on the company. I know that's quite ironic considering they went third party in the end because they were financially strained, but this is in a timeline where they weren't and they did it out of their own decision. Um, if they weren't financially strained already, um, there would be less financial strain on the company as they wouldn't have to make their own consoles and they could instead, you know, cheapen the costs by developing games for third party consoles. And that obviously means bigger profits, which means more games, more money, more dollar, who just want more dollar? And uh, it means more focus being put on the games rather than hardware. Uh, there are a lot of games that are designed specifically for the hardware and you're no longer going to need them. You're no longer going to need to take teams off to work on the hardware to develop it alongside you know, the actual console devs. You know, now you can just put all your resources into making games and making more money, making more dollar, who does want more dollar, there we go. So three points against. Um, Sega were well known for their consoles and it's what kept them relevant. The Dreamcast, the Saturn, the Mega Drive, the Master System, the Game Gear, the Sega Pico, what they all have in common? Um, well, I'm aside from the Sega Pico, they're all very iconic consoles and um, mo some of the most iconic consoles of all time in comparison to like some of you know the other ones, but um, obviously that was what they were well known for. They were the console guys and they made some good games on the side, so... Why take that away from them? Why strip away their pride from them, I guess? And it was what kept them relevant, because there was points when, you know, Sonic didn't keep them relevant, and the only thing that kept them relevant was, oh, new Sega console coming out, hooray! Um, uh, Sega's consoles helped them to promote their games. You know, obviously you can push a game harder if it's for your own hardware rather than a third-party game, because... You know, a PlayStation branded game like Crash Bandicoot is always going to be, or an exclusive game, is always going to be pushed a lot harder than a um, third party game. And especially a third party game that's multi platform, because, you know, why would Sony put all their resources into marketing Sonic Heroes when it's on tons of other consoles and is not even made by them? It doesn't make sense. And Sega's consoles help them to promote their games because they're first party. 
And lastly, Sega is iconic for them, for them to take themselves out of the console market by choice would damage their brand. As I said, only thing keeping them relevant was really their consoles at that point. So by taking that away, or by them taking that away for themselves, that would have damaged their brand compared to them. What ultimately happened with the Dreamcast, their final swan song, and they left a glorious mark on the industry rather than just sort of silently ducking out. So, my conclusion, even though in theory Sega could have earned more money by just going third party in the first place, the quality of their consoles and the quality of their games outdid their competitors, and I therefore believe, if they were given the option, Sega shouldn't have left the console market. So I want to know your opinions. Why can you get your opinions in? That is a good question. You can get your opinions in through the Twitter feed, at Radio Sega, or my own Twitter feed, at the Green Viper 8 or you can send it in through Facebook, which is just at Radio Sega. You can send it in through our Discord server, radiosc.jf4/discord. You can send it in through email, topicalresort at gmail.com. Or if you're feeling really adventurous, like I said, you could send it in through uh, Radio Sega PM because I forgot that was a thing. Let me see what you guys have had to say. Um, Jamie says Crash is in a PlayStation brand of games he's been on other platforms. That's true, but. I was referring to the time where he was exclusive to PlayStation platforms. That was what I was trying to mention. Um, let's see if any of you have had any interesting discussions to say. Also, um, if any of you uh, have anything to say about this optical thesis, uh, be sure to tell me. I'm sorry, Tony. I just wanted to bully you. Yep. <laughs> I'm sorry. But um, my Twitter feed is spammed with uh, voice being voice. As usual. Uh, Twenty says, eh, Sega going third party is the best choice. I think there is no solid answer because both have their benefits, but you know, one is more financially viable and the other one is more pride viable, you know. Which one would you rather, I guess? It's all a matter of personal opinion, and as I wait for your uh, responses to come through from all of these social medias, I know, right? Ooh. As I wait for all of your responses to come through, I'm going to play some more music. So, um, I thought this talk bed would be rather funny, so why not? So, um, from Cyber Troopers Virtual On, this is In the Blue Sky, and after that, the opposite of a blue sky, a purple, bl black, grey sky. From Sonic Unleashed Sonic World Adventure, this will be Tornado Defense Second Battle. Rather ironically, this track doesn't even appear in the PS2 version, but I put it in anyway. <laughs> so, anyway. Why don't you enjoy this track? Because these um, these outros are gradually getting more and more awkward. So please enjoy In the Blue Sky. Not that blue sky, you know, not the Daytona one, the other one. Right here, on Radio Sega.
missed an episode and want to catch up? Want to re-educate yourself on the topic of a previous show? Download our podcast from the Radio Sega Media section. Subscribe to us on iTunes or stream the show through Stitcher. Discord Call-In And welcome back to Topical Resort, right here on Radio Sega. What you just heard was from Sonic Unleashed Sonic World Adventure. That was Tornado Defense 2nd Battle. What a tune. I could listen to that all day. I absolutely love it. Same with the first Tornado Defense song. But um, it didn't loop very well because when it tried to loop, um, you heard the results. But um, I thought that was a rather funny contrast. Um... One, it wasn't used in the PS2 version of the game at all, which is quite funny. But also, um, there's a funny contrast because that that song is played when you're flying overhead a dark, grey, dull sky. In comparison to the song before that, which was from Cyber Troopers Virtual On, which was in the blue sky. You know, quite a nice contrast, I thought. But um, <sighs> Jamie says RS exclusive in reference to the... Um, in reference to the loop, be quiet. Um, anyway, it's now time for the Discord call-in. How do you join the Discord call-in? That's a good question that I'm not going to answer for you. Okay, um, so uh, how do you join the Discord call-in? RadioSE.ga forward slash Discord. From there, you'll need to grab a microphone and you'll need to join the chill-out voice room. And as always, we have our regular patient, our regular Mona in the chill-out room. It is obviously the one and only Jamie Mr. Wonderman, and I'm going to tell him to mute his radio before he even comes on, because that's just how I roll. So why don't we drag him on? You better have got that message. Hello. Uh, Mr. Wonderman, I have to listen to your opinions about the PS2. Hello, Jamie. I'm just gloating that you did a PS2 episode, oh, that must pay me, uh, give you so much pain. It did, because I honestly thought Jet Set Radio would win, so uh, I don't know how this happened. I didn't even know there was a poll or anything, sir. <laughs> it was in the show's channel, but I couldn't post it on Twitter or anything because I was out when I actually made the poll, so, um, whoops. <laughs> PS2, yeah, yeah. best console ever. Does it even class as a console? Is it a console or is it just a DVD player? Does any con does any console from that generation onwards class as a console? GameCube, Dreamcast, because they neither of them have DVD players. No, but uh, the Dreamcast was also an audio disc player. Every console at that time was an audio disc player. The PS One was as well. Not the GameCube. Yeah, but the GameCube can't play audio disc. Have you ever seen the size of a GameCube disc? It's not the size of an audio disc. <laughs> anyway, Jamie Mr. Wonderman, aka Peter Kikas, aka Green Vibrate, he has a lot of names. What would you like to talk about today? So, I've come on to say that I've uh, pre-ordered something. And what have you pre-ordered, my good sir? The Super Nintendo Entertainment System Classic Edition. You were, I knew you were going to gloat about that as soon as it came out, but um, uh, but uh, it looks really cool. I want to buy one. Ah. The, there was nothing. There's in a way, there's nothing to be gloating about. It's the NES Mini with better games. I mean, what? No, it's not that. It's the deposit charge. How much did you pay for the deposit? 
50 pounds. <laughs> that is quite a lot of money for a deposit charge, <laughs> I will admit. That was from Gabe. Yeah, Game's the only page you can get it because it's sold out everywhere else immediately. No, uh, Toys R Us have got some. Everywhere I heard of sold out within about an hour except for Toys R Us apparently, so there we go. But they're doing it so they don't have the uh, incident with the NES Mini where people buying it and selling it for like three times the amount. Did you? I don't remember if I posted it on here, but did you see there was a um, eBay listing that was uh, one million pounds NES Mini, and it was just um, it was just a troll one, but it was quite funny. Uh, I'll try and find it because it was on my Twitter. Um, but yeah, um, I'm glad they're doing more to stop scalpers getting to them because Nintendo have had a problem with them for way too long. Uh, let me post it in the Discord quickly. Where is it? I've lost it. Oh dear, that's bad. That's but so I'm, good. But I'm glad that officially now that you can uh, play Star Fox 2. That was the point I was trying to get onto. Yeah, um, Star Fox 2 is actually one of my favourite Star. Oh, in fact, I think it probably is my favourite Star Fox game that I played. I haven't played the completion, but I found it very fun, so I'm glad that it's finally getting a proper release. And um, I did check into it, and um, the original developers did have some involvement with um, the version that is going to be on the SNES Mini. Which is quite good, but it's basically, for those of you who've never played it, because it is unreleased and it is only a ROM on the internet, it is um, Star Fox Zero, except with uh, potato graphics. But it's actually a lot better than Star Fox Zero, I think, personally. Do you have a game I was surprised to see? Well, sort of, because I forgot it was on the uh, virtual console, was uh, Donkey Kong Country. That's true, they would have had to negotiate that with Rare. Dirty dirt there. Oh, yeah, because they own the rights to Donkey Kong, that's true, actually, so. Yep, which reminds me of a situation where, apparently, the guy behind uh, Conker's Bad Fair Day remembered a time where two Microsoft uh, executives came into <laughs> the and, and uh, when they saw, uh, like, a card uh, cardboard uh, poster stand of Donkey Kong Diddy Kong, they thought they was going to earn the rights to Donkey Kong. Idiots. <laughs> anyway, uh, can I read out this uh, message in a second, or do you want to say something first? Read the message first. Okay, uh, so, from the SNES Mini £1 million eBay listing, this is the description. Who needs multiple organs or kids? Sell one today and treat yourself to this fine item. Missed out on the pre-orders? Fear not, as I am a gentleman and have multiple pre-orders safely secured for various vendors. Please don't message me asking me if I'll do a deal, unless you have sharks with friggin' laser beams attached to their heads. I don't want your sob stories about missing out on a pre-order and how Timmy would love to play with this whilst he has the chance. Should've been quicker, suckers. Want it guaranteed by Christmas? Triple the pay, you, f you peasants. <laughs> I love some people, they just make the internet worth browsing. I know where I'm probably going to hear that next, and that's probably going to be on, uh, was it the CU podcast by uh, Pat and uh, the NES from... Oh, uh, yeah, their uh, scumbag seller of the week, that'll be on there soon. But it was taken down, like, almost immediately. But still, I find uh, it quite funny. They'll probably notice it, though. <laughs> it was good humour compared to, like, some of the people on that series who just try and scam people. 
the the other game I was surprised to see on the uh, the collection though is uh, Airbound. Uh, because the licensing issues? No, because uh, what was it? No, it's just something that surprised me. It's just uh, with it being one of the they're really big and it, well. Collection-wise, it's actually one of the most expensive titles to get now on the SNES. Especially the big box version, definitely. But it's nice that they actually put a decent, uh, a decent variety of games on it. Uh, probably some of the best they come so hard. One of the things that was pointed out, um, I think it was by Guru Larry, was um, that it. The European version is quite a shoddy job in that um, it's literally just a reskin of the um, American version, and half the game, well not half the games, but quite a few of the games that are on there weren't even released in Europe, so a good job on that one, guys. I don't think Earthbound was released in Europe. Earthbound, no, I don't think it was, neither was uh, Super Mario RPG. That is not true. Until not until the Wii virtu uh, Virtual Console. And Earthbound wasn't until the Wii U Virtual Console because there were licensing issues with the Wii Virtual Console. Licensing issues, but they own the full rights. Um, there was like some... Like there was some parody material, I believe, which was very... It was parody, but it was very close to the original, so um, there were licensing issues in terms of getting it on Virtual Console due to how close the similarities were. But they got it all sorted out. It's got a couple of titles I've never played on that as well, which... Uh, Final Fantasy 3, which uh, version was that? Was that US 6? I always get confused with the numbering on that series. Yeah, because it's different in... Japan has different numbering to the rest of the world. Good, good job, guys. Yeah, Final Fantasy 2, the original was at NES, while Final Fantasy 2 for us was on the uh, Super Nintendo. That is true. But, um, actually getting back on topic, do you have anything else relating to PS2? Um, the fact that the PS2 really, unless it was exclusive, was the, actually the worst uh, console to experience Sega that generation. Uh, I would agree, actually, yeah, because... Either the games were downgraded compared to their multi-platform ports, or they were Dreamcast ports. <laughs> so it probably wasn't the best way to play most games, I don't think. But uh, which uh, their GameCube ports were probably the better ones, but then that generation, uh, Sega, uh, mainly, uh, was it Xbox exclusives at that point? Yeah, they, like, they're more mature games on Xbox, and they're more... Uh, Cartoonish childish games were on GameCube at that time. Shame uh, Jet Set Radio Future will get apart. Yeah, because PC version will never happen, people. Stop deluding yourself and buy Hover instead, because Hover is an amazing game. I wish I could, my PC isn't uh, exactly capable of running it. On the subject of um, Earthbound and Mother, um, Kotaku has put up a rant article literally right as we were speaking about Seriously Nintendo, it's time for Mother 3. I don't think you're aware of how much of a joke Mother 3 is to Nintendo at the moment. It's just a meme at this point. I don't know, Metroid 
Prime 4 was a joke at one point, and now look at Nintendo. Yeah, but Mother 3 was a meme, because they, even in their, like, E3 conferences, they always reference it. It's like that one game that everyone wants on um, the Virtual Console and they will never make. Not me, I've never really experienced Airbound. I think the best I've experienced Airbound was Smash Brothers. I think that's most people's most experience with it. Anyway, Jamie, um, sorry, I'm going to have to rush on here because I've noticed the time. We wouldn't want to be missing Sega Mixer Drive, but with Rexy Fridays at 9pm, would we now, Jamie? And uh, no, we wouldn't, especially that we can get you off the air. <coughs> we can get me off the air, and we can get your number one lover on the air. Isn't that right, Mr. Rexy Wonderfan? <laughs> By the way, do the Sid Chip special. I will do the Sid Chip special so, like, in about a month when it looks like I'm not copying KC, damn it. You're not copying KC, you're just doing the same thing. Imitation is the most sincere form of flattery. Anyway, Jamie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Do you have any famous final words like screaming or calling me a faker, I guess? All I'm going to say is get more guests. That's not my fault. I'll blame you. You scare them off. You're the one in the chill out. Oh, come on. I only come on the show to actually help you out because it would make this Oh, pity, pity, pity. Anyway, the Jeremy, best show. So coming. <laughs> best on. show to be on is Andy's. Yeah, of course it is because I get to bully out. I mean, what? Anyway, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Thank yeah, you very much, I, Jamie. No problem. As I said, any final words? Don't don't scream. Just say bye or something. Just let me go. Okay, bye. There we go. That was Jamie, and that was a perfect ending. And that is the end of the Discord call-in. As I've mentioned earlier, join reddit.se.jo forward slash discord in the future if you would like to join our call-ins and you would like to dethrone Jamie as the call-in king, although uh, 20 is coming for his base. Anyway, now it's time for the toppy mix. And the toppy mix is a segment of three songs. One is a non-Sega track not relating to the topic of the episode. One is a remix relating to the topic of the episode. And one is a non-Sega track not relating to the topic of the episode. Except this Sega, this non-Sega track is relating to the topic of the episode slightly. You'll see why in a bit. But for now, I'm going to start off with a track which I would have played in the Jet Set Radio special if it had happened, but it didn't. But I've been playing it all week anyway, and it's uh, it's quite a catchy song. Some of you might know it. I'd hope you know it, considering it's a Sega song, but there we go. So, from Ollie King, this is Let It Go, right here on Topical Resort. Get
and welcome back to the show. What you just heard there was from Crash to Insanity, that is Humiliscate, and uh, that's tying back into the original point of the episode, because, you know, we're doing about PS2 games to celebrate the release of um, the Crash Insane Trilogy on PS4, and um, I mentioned in the chat, but Twin Sanity is my favourite Crash game, really do love it. it it's incomplete, and... Um, the Cortex and Nina sections are decent, they're not awful, they're not bad. But, uh, but you know, like, the parts that are finished and uh, the Crash segments are very fun. And I'd personally recommend you check it out, because it is a decently cheap game and it is on both P- P- PS2 and Xbox, and the original Xbox. Although I'd recommend the PS2 version, because who plays Crash on anything that isn't a PlayStation console? Certainly not me. Before that was from Sonic Gems Collection, that was Sonic Heroes, no GTR mix, I quite like that mix, but it's not as good as the original mix, but it's still a remix, and before that from Ollie King, that was Let It Go, and how do you end a show off like this really, I don't know, but the PS2, it's finally over, I don't have to talk about the PS2 again, I get to talk about the Dreamcast at some point, yay. Um, 20 says slip slide ice, ice capades. That's the level it plays on. I think that's the level it plays on. I, I can't remember. I just noticed Humiliscate because helicopter. Can you stop? That'd be nice. Yeah, and Rexy says yeah, but it's easier to shorten it to Humiliscate as Rexy said. Uh, I give up. But just try to talk. We get completely drowned out. Um. Let's continue talking really loudly right here on Radio Sega. But, um, oh, I should probably talk about this. Um, next week, next Friday, we'll be seeing the return of Last Call, our uh, number one um, show about calling that is last. Fun fact. And, um, unfortunately, t- next week, Chaos Control Center was supposed to be returning. However, um, there are currently some complications with uh, BDX. He has. He is currently on FMLA, and uh, it's not really something to be joked about. And uh, according to CD-ROM, he is fine, but you know, um, speedy recovery, and we hope to hear you guys again soon. But last call is still returning next week. Uh, Rex says, "Is that a loud fan? Then have headphones on yet? It's not a fan. It was a helicopter that was right outside my window. Uh, that's quite fun." Anyway, I'm going to leave you with a track that is from a video game. I know, right? That's quite a spooky concept. But it's from a video game I quite enjoy. And a video game that you all know, because it's really a Sega. And I somehow managed to avoid playing this in the Res and Child of Eden special. So, to end off the show, from Res, this is Area 5, and to be more specific, the Radio Sega Edit. I've been your host, Green Viperate. This has been the Topical Resort, and enjoy the music.
Radio Sega live schedule at radiose.ga forward slash shows. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7. 